Welcome to Let's Reason Together podcast, a in-depth study on the Word of God where we want to bring up practical uh, lessons and gems from God's Word. I'm joined uh, with my good friend Chantal. What's going on, Chantal? Hi, Victor. Good afternoon. Yeah, this is an exciting day because this is our first episode uh, of the Let's Reason Together podcast. We're, we thought in our planning, right, Chantal, we were talking about... Um, we think our audience should know why we even named the podcast Let's Reason Together. What's the root? What's the foundation of it? And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to study in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 118. Um, our mission for this podcast, our foundation, and uh, why do we want to reason? Why does God want to reason with us mm-hmm. as his people? Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we start our, our episode, we always want to begin with a word of prayer. Uh, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this study, uh, for opening up your word. Your word gives truth. Uh, it brings life and healing to our soul, Lord. After studying this, Father, we um, pray by your grace that our hearts will be changed, that we'll, we will grow um, closer to you, that we'll be filled with your spirit, Lord. Bless us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So we're in the book of Isaiah, and we're in chapter 1, and it was uh, eye-opening to say the least, Chantal. I don't know about you, but like I like I like I've been mentioning, um, Isaiah didn't play any games. You know, people call him the gospel prophet, but mm-hmm. he uh, he he had some heavy-duty uh, admonitions and rebukes for God's people. And um, you want to read? We can start out with Isaiah one eighteen, and, and then we'll go from there for the rest of the chapter. Okay. So Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, Mm. they shall be as wool. Wow, I mean, in a society that never wants to talk about sin or doing something wrong or what's right and what's wrong, morality basically um, in 2022 is determined by you. Isaiah clearly brings out the word of the Lord that your sins are red as scarlet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants to talk with his people. Yeah. Um, he wants to reason with them. And this is not just an arbitrary reason. This is not, I just want to hear you vent and then we don't do anything about it. This is a God pleading um, to his people mm-hmm. through his prophet that there's Things are off and we need to talk about it. So let's get into the beginning of the chapter. Um, Chantal, can you read? And uh, if you have any thoughts, verses, uh, we can start with verses one to uh, uh, five. Okay. Actually, one to six. One to six. Okay. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amoz, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judea. Or Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. Hmm. But Israel does not know, my people doth not consider. A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. 
Why should he be stricken any more? He will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faints. From the sole of the foot even unto the head there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and petrifying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Wow. I mean, that's a lot, right? That's, this is God speaking to his people. This is your condition. You know, and uh, in, our, in, in our study and in my research, I mean, the nation at this time, especially under the reign of Uzziah mm-hmm. or Azariah, um, mm-hmm. was actually prospering outwardly, mm-hmm. um, socially, economically, in a military basis. Mm-hmm. God was blessing Uzziah. But there was a spiritual decline. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk to me about, like, Chantal, um, I think it's it's a key point that in our lives, things could be falling into place outwardly. Mm-hmm. But if our spiritual condition is not recognized or we're not spending time in God's word praying, mm-hmm. I mean, does the outward success matter or, like, so- you know? I'm actually going to the chapter, right? So okay. in Second Chronicles and in Second yes. Kings, right? We know mm-hmm. that um, the Bible recounts the story of these kings, right? Yes. So as before, like as I read chapter one, I was just like, I wanted to know, like, it was so specific, like yes. in the days of these specific kings, yeah. you know? So I wanted to know, like, why did it recount, like, in the days of these <laughs> kings? Mm-hmm. And as I was considering... I thought I thought too of the prophet Jeremiah, and the reason why I thought of Jeremiah was because Jeremiah came right after Isaiah, yes. right after these set of kings. You know, mm-hmm. Jeremiah came, and mm-hmm. he was for another set of kings. And I thought, you know, Jer- Jeremiah was kind of the judgment prophet. You know, he's yeah. just like, no matter what you do, judgment's gonna yeah. come. Yeah. So, and I thought, you know, like what was so significant about Isaiah, and why was you know why did God choose you know to highlight that he spoke. Isaiah spoke to, to the people during these kings. Yes. And, I, you know, as I, I considered all of that, it was God's entreaty to his people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was God talking to his people because he's just like, there's a remedy right now. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, like we're going to talk about, you know, like how, you know, like their, their condition was sick, like from the head to the yes. soul of the foot is so sick. <laughs> yeah. We're even, we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. But it was like God was saying, and you said something that triggered something in my memory, right? Before I even talk about the kings. Mm-hmm. You said that God was pleading with his people. Mm-hmm. So we read Isaiah 1 verse 18. Yes. And the Hebrew word for now, you know, like when we think of the word now, we mean, you know, it means immediately. Mm-hmm. But actually that word is translated to beseech or to plead. Mm-hmm. It's used when someone is, you know, like exhorting, but entreating, exhorting. Yes. So it's almost like please. So mm-hmm. another translation is please. So we could reread that part. Come, please. So it's God like saying, I know your condition. I know you've been crazy, Mm -hmm. but please come. So it's like, I know you've been bad. And there was so much, like there's so much to unpack. Like we're going to get there. Hopefully (laughs) we can get through all of it. But it was God's mercy saying, I know what you've done and I know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But please, like, don't wait. Like, come to me and Mm -hmm. come now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and he's pleading at a time where, you know, you know, this king, he was wretched. <laughs> he mm. was doing, and it said something interesting. Of these kings, it said, of, of, of King Uzziah, I don't know if I'm pronouncing yes. that correctly, yeah. right? It's but it says that he did which was right in the sight of the Lord after 
his father. Yes. And when you read what his father did, his father did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that phrase, it means not with a covenant heart. Mm-hmm. So as you mentioned, outwardly, he was doing all these things. He yeah. was conquering, rebuilding walls. He was doing yes. all these seemingly wonderful things, yeah. but not with a covenant heart. His heart was so far mm. from God. And so he did as his father did. Yeah. So he was doing all these outwardly good things, but his heart was so far from God. Wow. And so the story w- we culminates in in him going into the, into the temple of God and he was Mm -hmm. being so presumptuous. He was bent on offering sacrifices and because he would not listen to the priests that were telling him, you are not, this is not what God has called you to do. Do Mm -hmm. not dishonor the Lord by doing something that God did not call you to do. Mm -hmm. And he was just so rebellious and he went into the temple and what happened? He got struck with leprosy leprosy in the forehead. I thought it was so significant. The Bible does not waste words. Mm -hmm. In the forehead, he got Mm -hmm. struck with leprosy until the day he died. And so he was led out of the (laughs) temple of God. But it was a reflection of actually what was in his heart. Mm. Like he was, he was doing all these outwardly good things with his hands. He was testifying, oh, I'm doing the work of God. I'm doing what God called me to do as a king. But really, Mm. he didn't really know God. He didn't really understand who God was. And so his end was a sin of presumption. Pride got into his heart Mm. and he just, you know, fell away from God. This is where, right in the middle, this is where Isaiah comes into the picture. Yep. I mean, Isaiah's call, God calls him in the temple to speak a message of redemption. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you're, it's so funny, you're bringing out Uzziah's condition or Isaiah's condition and it's almost a mere reflection of the people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. It's it's like the leader is doing all this, what you said, rebuilding, following God, following God, but slowly he compromised with the sin of presumption and he ultimately ends up a leper. He dies a leper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you're reading verses uh, all the way one to six, we can see here um, first, it, it was just, uh, you know, verses two and three are crazy, but notice why should you be stricken anymore? God is calling his people. You saw, you see the life of Uzziah. This is, this is a symbol uh, and an encapsulation of the whole nation. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to be stricken more? Mm-hmm. You revolt more and more. Mm-hmm. The whole head is sick. The, the whole heart, heart the faint. faint. Yep. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there's no soundness. Mm-hmm. But wounds, bruises, putrefying sores. What disease does that sound like? Leprosy. Leprosy? <laughs> I mean, the Bible is, it, it, like you said, doesn't waste words. Mm-hmm. They have not been clothed neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Mm. And at this time, this is a plea, as you're saying, from God to his people. But the people of the time didn't think of God in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, in my research, I, I, I stumbled upon uh, a quotation that said this. This book is from uh, a book called Prophets and Kings, written by Ellen White. Mm-hmm. Okay, And she says this about the day the days or the the time that isaiah lived in in isaiah's day the spiritual understanding of mankind was dark through misapprehension of god long had satan sought to lead men to look upon their creator as the author of sin and suffering and death i mean this i mean lord this sounds like today Right. And uh, the quote goes on. Those whom he had thus deceived, talking of Satan, imagined that God was hard and exacting. Mm -hmm. 
they regarded him as watching to denounce and condemn, unwilling to receive the sinner so long as there was a legal excuse for not helping him. Mm-hmm. The law the law of love by which heaven is ruled had been misrepresented by the arch deceiver as a restriction upon men's happiness, a burdensome yoke from which they should be glad to escape. He declared that the precepts could not be obeyed and that the penalties of transgression were bestowed arbitrary. I mean, this was happening in Isaiah's day and it's happening today. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think people actually know who God is. Mm -hmm. They don't fully understand that God is a God of love and justice, Mm -hmm. justice and mercy. And he's pleading for his people He's being very blunt and straight up Mm -hmm. through Isaiah. He's speaking through a prophet because as we know, biblically, God always leads his people by a prophet, speaks to his people by a prophet. Amos 3, 7, he reveals his secrets unto his servants, the prophet, prophets. And he's saying, dude, this whole nation is like King Uzziah, just a leper. Mm -hmm. And it's starting from the head. Mm -hmm. Chantal, talk to me about. Why, why the head? Why the forehead specifically? I mean, the Bible doesn't waste words. Mm-hmm. It's in, uh, you know, I think you're t- referencing probably Second Kings or Second Chronicles. Um, but it says it here. There's no soundness in their head. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there's no soundness. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the importance of the forehead mm-hmm. or the frontal lobe. So... I will, but I wanted to mention something. When mm-hmm. I read that, I read the same book, right? I read Prophet and Kings, and as I read that, the reason why the people were s- rebelling against God, or one of the reasons, was because they didn't understand his character. Mm-hmm. Like, I really had to take a step back, yeah. right? And I thought about that because we really, truly do not understand God. Yeah. And even um, for ministers, people that are actually working for God, a yes. lot of times we misrepresent God because we ourselves do do not understand the love and the mercy of God. You know, it, you know, sometimes we confuse um, what his mercy is and what his justice is. Yes. And sometimes they don't come together, but we know he's a God of justice and he's a yes. God of mercy. And as I was thinking about this and praying about, you know, in my own heart, in my own life, understanding God's mm-hmm. character so mm-hmm. it can be true representative of Christ. Yes. Um, sometimes we think rebuke is bad, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, like we don't want to be corrected. Like, you know, just, don't, I don't want to hear what I'm doing wrong. Just let me live life. Just let me yes. do me. But the truth is, um, I thought about it like this. My grandmother died of cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, stage four pancreatic cancer. It's one of the mm-hmm. most aggressive cancers. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, like if someone knew the cure for cancer, for her cancer, and had the cure and did not tell us, yeah. like I'd be so mad. Yeah. I'd be so yeah. hurt because her life could have been spared. Yes. And we don't understand the magnitude of sin and Mm -hmm. how it consumes you. And which is why in the next verses, Mm -hmm. Isaiah is pointing out how deadly leprosy is. That was the closest they could get in that day. So in our day, it's definitely cancer, you know. Cancer is like a sore. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, one cell doesn't respond to the command to die because every cell has to go through apoptosis, right? They have programmed cell death. They have Mm -hmm. to die of a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. But when the cells do not respond to the command to die and they start to just do their own thing, let me just do my thing, you know, that's when tumor comes. Mm. And, you know, like after a while, it becomes, it doesn't just stay in one place. It takes over your whole body until it consumes every organ system until nothing functions 
and the individual dies. Mm. That's exactly what leprosy does. Mm. It consumes you from the inside out. So when you're seeing those bruises and sores on the outside, Mm. it is already something that started on the inside. And Mm. so you're seeing the manifestation of what's going on on the inside. Mm. And we know what the frontal lobe does, right? Yes. The frontal lobe is the part of your brain that's responsible for higher functioning, Mm. right? It's your reasoning center. It's, It's where your character is. It's where religion is. It's where moral decisions are being made. What's right, what's wrong. Judgment. Judgment, right? The Reason and judgment, the will. All of those higher Mm -hmm. functionings are in the frontal lobe. Mm. The frontal lobe is what can, you know, like, if if your your limbic system, your limbic system is your emotional center, your amygdala, you know, like, your emotional center. Mm -hmm. It's what says, oh, wait, no, don't do that. You know, the frontal lobe is what overrides all those emotional centers. And so for you know, the ho- for God to give him leprosy in the forehead, hmm. it means he was morally corrupt. Something was happening inside. Inside his heart, inside his mind, he had gone so far from God hmm. that his reason and judgment were corrupt. He didn't want to listen to any of the priests. No counsel. He didn't want to listen to any counsel. He got mad at them. And uh, ultimately, like you said, he died a leper. Yeah. And he was struck on his forehead. Till the day he died, he was a leper. And, you know, this is, this, the frontal lobe, the forehead, the brain controls every part of the body. I mean, some people's stomach controls their bodies, but we know um, physically that the the brain controls everything. So Mm -hmm. if the devil can touch your frontal lobe where your judgment is, your morality, your spirituality, the will, uh, your reason, then he, he basically has you in his mm-hmm. hands. And yes. so this was the condition yeah. of Israel, mm-hmm. specifically the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom comprised of two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, while the northern kingdom was uh, the ten tribes mm-hmm. and the capital was Samaria. And we, we, we know this geographically. They split because of the wickedness of Solomon and his son and Jeroboam and Rehoboam and all the craziness that happens in mm-hmm. First Chronicles, <laughs> which you can get into another time as uh, if you, if you want to study that part of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But here we go. This, this condition, this people, is a representation of what most Christians are today. Mm-hmm. The Christian church today is exactly what you're saying. Everything, there's outward display, there's outward success, there's everybody doing things involved in church, but this is the heart. Mm -hmm. The heart is sick and faint, Mm -hmm. the whole heart. Mm -hmm. And you know, um, I thought, what brought him to this point, you know, and it troubled me so much. And I remember reading, it's in 2 Kings 15, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll read it. Because, you know, the Bible, you just, you can't mm-hmm. reword it. And he did that which was right, speaking of Uzziah, mm-hmm. and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father, Amaziah, had done, save the high places were not removed, the people sacrificed and burnt incense still on the high places. Mm. So... <laughs> On the outside, even from the get-go, it seemed like he was doing everything right. Yeah. Well, he started off on the right foot. Yeah. Little by little. And this is part of the problem. Yes. Sin wasn't removed from the camp. You know? Idolatry, specifically. 
So it's like we can't serve God and serve something else. Mm. God cannot accept mm. a divided heart. And so because the high places were not removed, eventually, that's what sin, do- sin does. Yeah. It consumes you. Mm. It's never okay to play around with sin, like to have one foot here and to be dabbling in all these other things. Like if sin, sin just needs to be cut off because it's that kind of disease. It just consumes yeah. all of you. Yeah. It's, 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 it just consumes you. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's so close. The, the analogy used is with leprosy. Mm-hmm. And at this point, even the sole of the foot is rotting. Like mm. it's the whole, like the whole body from the head to the sole of the foot. That's how deadly it is. Yeah. It can't be played with. Wow. So we just have to allow God to <laughs> eradicate yeah, and, out and, of our life. And notice, I'm just seeing this now. Um, the capacity for humans, their frontal lobe is greater than animals. Mm-hmm. A cat. <clears throat> I mean, a dog has a little bit more capacity than a cat. Because a cat will just see a bird or mice and just go and kill it. A dog Mm -hmm. won't necessarily do that. Um, But the Bible says, speaking of the condition of Israel, dude, the ox knows his owner. Mm. Have mercy. The donkey knows where he goes to sleep at night. Mm -mm. But Israel, they don't even even know. They don't even consider. They don't know who their God is. Mm -hmm. The animals obey more than humans. Mm -hmm. Have mercy. It's a sinful nation of people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, mm-hmm. children that are corruptors. They've forsaken the Lord and have provoked the Holy One of Israel mm-hmm. to anger. They are gone away backwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just going to be plain. This is who we are. Mm-hmm. When we're apart from Christ, when we allow sin to consume, we don't repent. We don't ask for forgiveness. We don't heed the admonition of Isaiah 118. This is who we are. Mm-hmm. This is who exactly we are. We're leprous, we're, we're sick, um, we're not pretty looking, we got bruises, you can put all the makeup you want on, mm-hmm. you can wash yourself with the best soap and shampoo, but you're still going to smell spiritually, there's no soundness, there's no, you, I mean, there's no soundness, there's wounds, bruises, putrefying sores, they, have been, uh, they haven't been closed up, mm-hmm. and neither mollified with ointment. And you know, Victor, as I <laughs> as I was studying, I realized that not only Isaiah, but Micah, Hosea, mm. and Amos yeah. were all prophets during this time. Yes. And so God didn't send the message through one prophet. He sent it so many times. Yeah. And um, I, you know, like I have it marked in my Bible so that I know where to mm-hmm. go. But I was reading Micah, Micah chapter 6 and Hosea chapter 2. And, you know... So if you don't get the analogy of a leper, right? Yes. I'm just going to turn to... <laughs> Go ahead. Turn, I'm just going to turn to Micah t- chapter, um, Hosea chapter 2 real quick. Okay. And so, you know the story of Hosea, right? Yes. God tells him to marry a harlot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Why does God tell him to marry a harlot? Because God says, this is you, Israel. You're a harlot. You mm-hmm. know, you are sleeping around. That's yes. essentially what you're doing. And so this is God's message to his people through mm-hmm. Hosea, right? So Hosea... Um, um, is God is talking to his people through Hosea and he's using Hosea's wife. Mm-hmm. So it says, right, plead with your mother, plead, for she is not my wife, neither am I her husband. Let her therefore put away her whoredoms out of her sight and her idolatries from between her breasts, lest I strip her naked and set her as in the wow. day that she was born and make her as a wilderness and set her like a dry land and slay her with thirst. 
and I will not have mercy upon our children, for they be the children of whoredoms. For their mother hath played the harlot. She that conceived them hath done shamefully. She said, I will go after my lovers, and give me that give me my bread and water, my mm. wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up thy way with thorns, and make a wall that she shall not find her path. And she shall follow after her lovers, but they, sh but she shall not overtake them, and she shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then shall she say, I will go and return to my first husband, for wow. then was it better with me than now. Wow. God is literally pleading through so many avenues mm. that he even told his prophet to marry a harlot so he can demonstrate. Mm. Like, you are attributing the gifts that I have given you wow. to false lovers. You are listening to the devil, to the enemy, to a liar. You just read um, Isaiah chapter two and three, right? Yes. And it says, my people does not consider. That word means my people does not understand. What yeah. do they not understand? They don't understand me. Yeah. I was the one that took you out of bondage. I was the one that took you out of Egypt. I was the one that gave you this good land, that gave you all the, the this, this wine and the corn. Mm. But you have left me. And you're serving gods that are no gods at all. And you're listening to the lies of the enemy. Mm. And I'm pleading with you, but you are still literally running after these lovers. Mm. So I'm going to put blockages in your way so yes. that you will see I'm the one. I'm the one that loved you when you were unlovable. Mm. I'm the one that called you. I'm the one that saw what no one else saw. And that is God. That is, this is God pleading with his people. Mm. Like a man who is so in love with this woman. This, I'm not talking about a good woman. Mm -hmm. yeah? I'm talking about mm -hmm. a harlot woman. And he's saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Wow. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. So you're telling me I got wounds, bruises, yeah. putrefying sores. Yeah. They're all exposed. Yeah. They, they're not uh, bound up. They don't have any ointment on them. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a seed of evildoers. I don't know how to go out or come in like an ox or, mm -hmm. or a donkey. And God is still calling me? Mm-hmm. You see, yeah. God, they didn't understand it, and I don't think we understand how much God loves us. Yeah. But in his love, he has to tell us the truth. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he has to show us mm -hmm. the, the, where we're at. Yeah. Like, you mentioned the doctor. Jesus is the healer. Mm -hmm. And you got to have a diagnosis, mm -hmm. or else you won't know how to solve the problem, mm -hmm. cure, or cure or treat the ailment. And Jesus is coming straight up, again, through his prophet, and saying, Israel, Judah, Jerusalem, capital city, Mount Zion, mm -hmm. all the wonderful historical Davidic history and heritage that you have of following after me. This is who you guys are. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop. He and, and you may be listening and wondering, well, Vic and Chantal, why are you guys so negative? <laughs> why are you guys focusing on the negative? Listen, I'm not. This is the Bible. We're reading verse for verse, Isaiah 1, and um, let's pick up in verse 7 to 9. Uh, can you read that, Chantal? And it kind of talks about um, what you just mentioned in, in Hosea, but verses 7 to 9. Okay. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burnt with fire. Your land, strangers devoured in your presence, mm. and it is desolate, as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage <laughs> in a vineyard as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, 
we should have been a Sodom and we should have been like Gomorrah. Wow. So Genesis 19 reference here. Uh, Genesis 19 talking about Abraham and Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. Where Abraham's pleading to Jesus himself to save the city, save the city. And if it wasn't for Lot and his family, um, I mean, <clears throat> all the people would have been destroyed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So God is comparing, again, his people to the condition of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. um, but there's good news that there's always a remnant. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we want, we want to be encouraged that you may think, well, my church, Vic, is an apostasy and there's nobody studying the Bible. There's no good Christians anymore. God always has a remnant mm -hmm. who's studying, who's looking to be fa stay faithful to him looking to study his word, to preach his word, to live his word. And so that's good news and kind of this uh, bad news. There's some good news that there's a remnant. But the remnant are living in a condition of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, <clears throat> Can I like... Um, Go ahead. Something you said triggered mm -hmm. something in my head. You know, um, it sounds like bad news. You know what I mean? And so many things come to my mind. I like nature. I like analogies because it yeah. helps me to understand, like, you know, what's going mm -hmm. on or where God is coming from. And as you said that, um, if you knew an earthquake was coming or you knew a hurricane was coming or you knew a flood was coming and you did not tell your family, you just packed up all your stuff mm -hmm. and you left them. Yes. Would that be love? <laughs> you'd be, you'd be yeah, that, that's pretty selfish. Right? And so it sounds, it sounds cruel that god is saying if you do not forsake your sins it yeah. will destroy you it's like god it, it's coming off as like bro why are you exposing me yeah. like this hard <clears throat> like we're in 2022 people are reading about yeah. israel looking so bad but god this is actually good yeah and it sounds like god doesn't want you to enjoy life or god doesn't want you to have fun mm -hmm. and i remember um in prayer meeting once we studied we were going through the book of psalms mm -hmm. And we studied Psalms chapter one, yes. right? And you know, Psalms chapter one, verse two and three, right? Yes. Blessed is the man what, who meditates on the law of God yes. day and night, because what? He shall be fruitful. He mm -hmm. shall prosper. And so prosperity for us doesn't look like prosperity for God. And that, like, if you read um, what Genesis says about Joseph and what David says in Psalms chapter one, verse two and three, yeah. it is cut and paste almost the same thing. Mm -hmm. Joseph was prosperous. And we know Joseph was prosperous. Everything he touched. Everything he touched prospered. <laughs> Why did everything he touched prosper? It's literally the same verbiage. Yeah. He's like, he shall be like a tree that's just watered. His leaves shall flourish. Planted, his, fru yeah. his fruit shall flourish. Yes. He shall not wither and dry even in drought. Yeah. Why? And everything because he does prosper. Everything he did prospered. And we saw that in the life of Joseph. Yes. Why? Because he meditated upon the law of God day mm. and night. Because he made it his trust. And so we see that when God is telling us to stay away from sin, like you just said, it, you, we just read the verses in, in Isaiah 1, verse 7 and 9, mm -hmm. right? Your city, your country is going to be desolate. Your cities mm -hmm. are going to be burnt with fire. Strangers are going to devour your land. It's going to be overthrown by strangers. This is a result of sin in a city, but it's also the result of sin in our hearts. Yes. And we read it in the verses before. Mm -hmm. This is what sin does to the human heart, and this is what sin does. It consumes you. It destroys you. So God is not being an unkind God when he says, leave this thing alone. Wow. And I thought about when I lived in Alabama, I had um, 
<clears throat> I called him Moses. Mm-hmm. I had a director, and he, he said, you know, he said when he he became like Enoch when he had children, <laughs> his heart changed because he's just like, this is God. Why are we so rebellious? Mm. And his daughter had a phase where she would just go through the garbage, like nobody <laughs> understood it. He was so puzzled. He just like, why do you want to go through the garbage? And one day her mom was cooking. And I think she threw some cans in there. Yeah. You know what happens when you, yeah. you know, open cans yes. and a baby, like she was so young, stuck her hand mm. in it. And she was literally going through the garbage. Yeah. And he took her and she was yelling and screaming. And he's just like, I'm not trying to hurt you. Yeah. I have nothing but love for wow. you. But you are going through the garbage and you don't know what danger is in there. Mm. Me removing you is because I love you. And God is saying, you don't know what end this path is Mm. taking you on. There is a way that seems right onto a man, but the end thereof is destruction. And sin, sin, let's be real. Sin feels great, but it leads to destruction. So God is not being an unfaithful shepherd. Mm. He's not being an unfaithful father when Mm. he says, I am trying to save you. Mm. Do not listen to a stranger who you do not know. Mm. Hear what I'm trying to say to you. Sin will destroy you. You, it may Mm. feel good right now. It may it may feel nice to sleep around right now. It may feel great to, you know, just give yourself to everybody. It may feel good right now. And let's be real, it does. Mm -hmm. But in the moment, what Mm -hmm. feels good now may bring you heartache later. Not just may, will bring Mm -hmm. you heartache later. So God is being a faithful shepherd, just like you say. You even know you are using sheep analogy, mollified with ointment. The (laughs) shepherd flips the sheep around. And even though it's uncomfortable, when he applies that ointment, it's for the sheep benefit. And the sheep squirms and, you know, it cries, but it is for the benefit of the sheep. So God is a faithful father. He's mm. a faithful shepherd. He is not unfaithful. So he's not going to leave us to just do what we want and be how we want to be. And then, what, we get consumed by mm. this thing that will consume us? Yeah. God is not like that. Wow. I, I mean, this is beautiful Bible study. It, mm-hmm. It's like... We need to understand, you can't study the Bible without knowing God's character, without knowing his heart. And this is, this is, it, this is the state of the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about, there's how many? One, two, three. There's four administrations here mm-hmm. um, that Isaiah prophesies during. And um, you see him address the national condition. Mm-hmm. Like, this is overall the people. Mm-hmm. Now, look at this, the spirituality. Mm-hmm. These next verses, verse uh, 10 to 15, say mm-hmm. this. This is the futility of their formalism mm-hmm. in their religion. I mean, we have so many religionists of the day where it's like, I go through the motion. I'm here yeah. at church. Mm-hmm. I'm paying my tithe. I fast and I pray. Mm-hmm. But again, the heart mm-hmm. is far from God. It yeah. says, hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Have mercy. Give e- give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. So he does. He Isaiah, God through Isaiah is doubling down on his previous statement mm-hmm. and saying, "Your rulers, you rule like you are rulers of Sodom," mm-hmm. which you know most Bible students should know what Sodom was like mm-hmm. and what the rulers were like, mm-hmm. right? And it says. Give ear unto the law, our God, ye people of Gomorrah. So the rulers are corrupted. The people are corrupt because of the rulers. We could talk about that in another episode. But it says, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of burnt offerings of rams and of fat, uh, the fat of fed beasts. And I delight not in the blood of bullocks or lambs or he goats. I mean... 
He's addressing the sacrificial system. Mm-hmm. Formalism. Right? When you come to appear before me, who required this at your hand to tread my courts? Notice the word tread. <laughs> Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moon, the new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meetings. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when you spread your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Um, you know, God is, <laughs> God is speaking to his people, to the spiritual condition now. Like, why are you coming to church? Why are you coming to the sanctuary? I mean, um, I'm tired of you coming to church actually <laughs> in this condition. Does God want us to worship him? Yes. Mm-hmm. Does he want us to gather with brothers and sisters in unity, mm-hmm. you know, as we await his soon coming? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But when you're coming and doing these things, just going through the motions or trying to save myself, if I do all these good things mm-hmm. or if I do them out of fear, because if I don't do them, mm-hmm. God will yeah. hate me. <laughs> um, God is saying, like, no more. Yeah. This is this is. Stop going to fasting. Stop praying. Mm-hmm. Listen, when your hands are spread in the air, I'm turning my face from you, and I don't really hear your prayer. Mm-hmm. This is the formalism of the church at this time. Mm-hmm. We address the, the national state, mm-hmm. the state of the union, right, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Now this is the state of spirituality. These words are so... Yeah, talk to me about this, Chantal. I mean, verse 13, it says... Verse 13. <laughs> right? Talking about um, the new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assembles, assemblies. I cannot away with, it is iniquity. It didn't say, you know, it feels mm-hmm. like iniquity. It is iniquity. Yes. That's serious. Like, the very worship service is sinful. The solemn meeting. That's just like, that's scary, you know, and it reminds me of, you know, in Matthew, I think it's Matthew chapter 21, 22, it'll mm-hmm. lose me right now, mm-hmm. but you know, when God, you know, at the period of judgment and the parable that Jesus says, Jesus says, you know, we did all these great things in your name, yes. in your name, we cast out demons, we did all these great things in your mm-hmm. name, and Jesus says, depart from me, I know you not, you workers of iniquity. Yeah. It's almost like it's the same <laughs> contention that God has with the last day people mm-hmm. that he had with the people in Isaiah's time. Yes. Like, what you're doing is sinful to me. That's how serious this statement yeah, is right yeah, here. Yeah. Like, it just kind of blew my mind. And it just, like, you know, as you were reading, what this spells out is just formalism. And you used a word. I don't, I can't, maybe I can't, like, religionist. Yeah, religionist. We literally just read that in prayer meeting, right? We are just coming mm. from prayer meeting, and we literally just read <laughs> in Desire of Ages. Yes. When Je- when Jesus t- talked about just, like, your works are so insipid yeah. to me. I think it's in the Mount of Blessings chapter where he's addressing It's in the, the sa- Thought from the Mount of Blessings. No, uh, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Yes, me. yes, that's, that's right. The Mount that's chapter. what we read in Desire yes. of Ages. She was breaking down the Sermon on the Mount and that, you know, religion is not, you know, what God wants is heart religion. Yeah. And as I was studying, like, because, you know, like we mentioned, as we mentioned before, mm-hmm. Amos was a prophet during these times. Yes. 
And, you know, like all the other prophets, like, you know, God is tell you know, like Amos chapter 5, and God is saying, hear ye this word which I take up against you, even the lamentation of the house of Israel. So this is God's contention with his people, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to fast forward to verse, um, so God tells them his contention with them, right? Okay. But verse 4, it says, For thus said the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. Mm-hmm. And we <laughs> see that they were doing all these things formally. But really, they weren't seeking God. No. And we're going to see how many times he said it, right? Verse 5. But seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, and pass not unto Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall surely shall come to naught. And these are well-known spiritual sites. Spiritual sites, right? right? That are, are revered by sites. the people, right? Yes. But mm-hmm. then it says, Seek the Lord, and ye shall live. Mm lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it, and there be none to quench it in Bethel. Ye who turn judgment to wormwood, right, to bitterness, and leave off righteousness in the earth, seek him that maketh the seven stars and Orion, and turneth the shadow of death into the morning, Mm. and maketh the day dark with night, and calleth for the waters of the sea, and pour them upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. Mm. What was God's contention with his people? You're doing all these things, but you're not really seeking me. Yep. You don't desire me. You don't want me. You're doing all mm. these seemingly great things, but you're hard little nasty. Yeah. You know? and, and you're alive, but are you really living? Yep. You're, it's yeah. like dead men and women walking. Yeah. Like, yeah. And this is what we're getting to. I mean, not that these things are bad. You have the job. You have a house. Mm-hmm. You have cars. You have this. You're settled. You're uh, well, well off. Those aren't bad things, but if they get in the way of God, everything around you, mm-hmm. physically, tangibly, could be good. Insurance is good. Home insurance, car insurance, four hundred one k. My money's in a is safe. Uh, I invested it here or there. Things could be looking good, but if your heart is far from God, mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean. You could go to church faithfully, be there on time, mm-hmm. participate. But if your heart mm-hmm. is far from God and you're just going through the motions, I mean, it's better you stay home. I mean, mm-hmm. this get, this gets to to Revelation chapter three. I mean, mm-hmm. you're gonna be hot or you're gonna be cold, but don't be lukewarm. Mm-hmm. And so, this is sadly, but truly, our condition without Christ. Mm-hmm. And God is a God of love. He's so loving that he'll tell you, without me, this is what will happen. Mm-hmm. You'll be going through the rat race of life. Um, you'll be going through the motions again, as we said. You'll be thinking I'm a spiritual person because I do religious things. But if you're not spending time in God's word, how can God speak to you? If you're not praying, how can you speak to God? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not going out and witnessing, then what is your religion worth? I mean, they were outwardly prosperous. Mm-hmm. but inwardly sick, spiritually sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and notice the last thing Jesus says through Isaiah is, um, I will not hear you. Your hands are full of blood. Mm-mm. Like you actually think you're doing good, but you're not. Your hands are full of blood. Like, wow. Mm-mm. And if we were to stop there, Chantal, I mean, That'd be pretty depressing. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't be a 
a right picture of God's character. And some people stop there. It's straight condemnation. God wants to zap you in the judgment. He's looking to find out when you mess up, how you mess up, and then he wants to expose you in front of everybody so that you'll know you'll never make that mistake again. Mm-hmm. That's how some people look at God, but by God's grace, this podcast, mm-hmm. this, this studying God's word, we can bring out not anything to do with me and Chantal, but the Holy Spirit will bring out that this God who we mm-hmm. serve, this word that we're studying mm-hmm. is full of life, mm-hmm. love, healing, restoration. But you got to actually know that we're in need of him. Notice what it says. Can you read uh, verses 16 and 17? Sure. So he just said, your hands are full of blood. Mm-hmm. Now what? Now let's see what God, how he appeals to his people. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doing from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. <laughs> wow. Um, I didn't see here. I mean, this is practical gospel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't really, again, not to say these things are wrong. We should be doing them. I just mentioned them. But I don't see, I mean... Hey man, you you should do more Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Get involved with more church ministries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just really go hard with with uh, uh, setting up these small groups. It said, first of all, wash you, mm-hmm. make you clean, put away the evil doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Like these are practical things. Mm-hmm. If People are treating unfairly if there's oppression, right? If the fatherless have no one to judge them or help them, or the widow has no one to plead for them. This is true religion. I mean, if our faith doesn't like leave this podcast, right? Or leave our Bible study. If no one knows that we're Christians outside of this, then our, our, our experience is a failure. Mm-hmm. And God is saying, your hands are full of blood, but you can be washed. And you can be made clean. And you can learn to do well. You can seek judgment. How? And I'm sitting here, look, God, maybe maybe that's me. How can, how can I learn to do this? This is the mission of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. God's sitting here. Let's talk about it, bro. I, I, I talk first. I show you who you are, but now I want you to come to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Jesus says the same thing. Right? Come unto me. Jesus, again, through Isaiah, is saying, come now. Right now, as you mentioned, let's reason together. Mm-hmm. Set the Lord. So who's saying this? God. The healer. Mm-hmm. The restorer. The bomb of Gilead. The ointment. I mean, he's saying, he's saying this. No doctor, no teacher, king, ruler. It's the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God is... This whole podcast, this whole idea, Chantal, uh, let's reason together, is redemptive. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how I can save you. And if you choose me, 
then I'll heal you. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, because it all comes down to our choice, mm -hmm. right? Israel, Judah, Jerusalem, my people, uh, you, you, you rulers of Sodom, you people of Gomorrah, you're, you're, you, you with bloody hands, come to me. Let's talk about it. Let's reason. Let's get to know who I am as a God of love, justice, and mercy. Because this scarlet, that, that sin that you're struggling with, that sin that you can't get over with in your own strength, Jesus is saying it's, it's red. Oh, yeah. What the redder is, the more pure white will be distinguished mm -hmm. through his grace. Mm -hmm. This is beautiful. This is why we're having this podcast. We want to reason with you as listeners, viewers. Um, we want you to know God's character. I mean, I want you to know God's heart. Uh, and in the process, by God's grace and exalting his word, we can kind of vindicate his character. Because it's been, it's been thrown through the mud. They're blaming the war in Ukraine on God. Well, if God is so good, look at this war. Look at COVID. Look at this. This is God's world. Why did he fix it? And by God's grace, we can come and let's reason together and say, God is not the author of sin. He's actually going to be the healer of this sin. Mm -hmm. He's going to be the destroyer of sin. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Chantal, verse 18, I mean, or 16 to 17, any thoughts on, on you know, learning to do well, <laughs> seeking judgment or, or uh, cease to do evil? Uh, what are your thoughts? You know, um, there's a scripture that says, you know, the, the, on these two things hangs the law and the prophets. Mm. And those two things were to love God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. True religion comes down to if we can genuinely love God and love those around us. And love, you know, words go a long way, but, you know, actions speak so much louder. And for me, this is such a rebuke. Sometimes it's, you know, it's easy to be selfish. It's easy to to look over the needs of others. Mm. But it's embedded in Christ. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what I was reading, but as I was reading, the thought came deeply to me that Jesus could have overlooked our condition. Mm. Like in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve sinned. And first of all, God warned them that the tempter was going to come. Mm -hmm. And he gave them everything they needed. They had everything for their comfort. They had everything they needed. And he warned them that someone was going to come and he was going to try and destroy them. But they yielded. And, you know, sometimes I'm tempted, you know, like when people do stuff I tell them not to do. Yeah. I don't <laughs> told you not to be crazy, yeah, right? Yeah. But Jesus doesn't respond like that. And we know that, you know, God says, the soul that sinned, it, it shall surely die. Why didn't they die immediately? Why was not the judgment that was supposed to come on them come immediately? We know that he exchanged their fig garments for something. That very day he pledged to give their life. He did not ignore the human condition. Though we disobeyed, though we went away, he did not ignore their condition. And the word benevolent by virtue means to relieve oppression mm. to relieve misery wow. but not just that to promote happiness to see suffering and to do something about mm. it so it's easy to feel suffering see suffering and feel sympathy 
But it's another thing to actually see it and be compassionate, which mm. means to do something to relieve mm. suffering. And it's another thing to be actually willing to bear yeah. the burden, to bear the misery on behalf of somebody else. Yeah. And that's what God did for us. Wow. That is divine. Yeah. And you know, when you look at it, like at first glance, it's just like, okay, you're filthy, go wash up. Yeah. You know, like come in for dinner. Oh, you're filthy, go wash yeah, up. That's yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah. But then he explains in verse 18, mm-hmm. no, come please. Yeah. Let me do it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how red and filthy. Mm-hmm. Let me do it. Yes. So it's not a command to say, okay, you're dirty, go do it yourself. Yeah. It's I know you can't do it yourself. Yeah. And Jesus's life, I love that Jesus came to exemplify exactly what the law and prophets yeah. were speaking. On these two hands, the law and the prophets. So a lot of people have contention with the Old Testament. God is a God of <laughs> judge. No, it, give me the New Testament. This God. is the gospel right here. But but this is the gospel because mm-hmm. there was a story, and a leper came to Jesus. And the, the the Bible says he was full of leprosy, yeah. which means mm. from head to foot, like what we just read, right. he was covered in bruises and sores. His condition was to human eyes, hopeless. And what did Jesus do? He healed him. Yep. And so that was Jesus saying what Isaiah was say, saying. You are full of leprosy. Mm. Your spiritual condition is so filthy. It's hopeless to humans. But what is impossible to man is possible to God. And I remember, too, that when Jesus came, he didn't just heal one leper. Mm. He healed so many lepers. So it's Jesus' life was a testament That's right. of what the prophets were yeah. saying. Like, come to me so I can heal you. Yeah. Come to me. And I just don't want to take away your sins. Yeah. I want to give you the That's best right. of everything. It's a transformation. Yeah. I mean, there's no, uh, you know... White as snow. I mean, white as snow. It's not like, oh, it's going to be like off-white. No. It's a complete cancellation. It's a complete mm-hmm. transformation. It's red, and now it's white. Mm-hmm. It's dark, like red like crimson, but now it shall be as wool. It's a covering. Wool is used for clothing. We get the righteousness of Christ in here. I mean, this mm-hmm. verse is the literal gospel. Mm-hmm. The gospel of Christ Shows us who we are. Mm-hmm. Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, convicts us of our sin, but then points us to Jesus, yeah. the healer, the restorer, the bomb that we need. And so in closing, I want to read a, a, a paragraph here. Again, this is from the book Prophets and Kings. Um, I'm going to read one paragraph, and then Chantal, you can read another. Wait, wait, another. Let me find it. It, you, yeah, it's in chapter 26. Mm-hmm. Check this out. This is a beautiful appeal. It touched me, and I know whoever's going to listen to this podcast, this is, you want to know our mission. You want to know our vision for this podcast. This is it right here. Mm-hmm. Have you, reader, uh, this is page 319, paragraph 3 of chapter 26. Okay. So it's Ellen White uh, appealing to whoever's going to read this book. So I'm going to read it and appeal to whoever's going to read this podcast, listen to this podcast. Have you, reader or listener, chosen your own way? Have you wandered far from God? Have you sought to feast upon the fruits of transgression, only to find them turned to ashes upon your lips? And now your life plans thwarted and your hopes dead? Do you sit alone and desolate? That voice which has long been speaking to your heart 
but to which you would not listen comes to you distinct and clear. Arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest, because it is polluted. It shall destroy you even with so a sore destruction. Micah 2.10, you mentioned reference Micah. Return to your father's house. He invites you saying, return unto me. Isaiah says, come unto me. And again, he appeals in Isaiah 44.22 and 55.3. It says, return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. Come unto me, here your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David, Isaiah 44, 22, and again, 55, verse 3. I mean, whatever the sin is, and there's really bad sin. I don't know if you're, if you're whoever's listening, struggling with addiction, lust, pornography, greed, anger, abuse. Whatever you've gone through, whatever trauma, bring it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Claim Isaiah 1.18. Talk to God about it. Obviously, go to uh, qualified individuals, a pastor, an elder, people who are spiritually strong, who can guide you and take you closer to Jesus. But go to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you don't got to be perfect. Chantal, can you read the next paragraph? Check this out. This is beautiful. Do not listen to the enemy's suggestion to stay away from Christ until you've made yourself better. Stop. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. (laughs) Do you know how many, myself included, and I'm sure yourself, Mm -hmm. we got to get our lives together. Yeah. (laughs) I got to fast 10 days, drink 20 green juices, read 20, uh, memorize some scripture for Jesus to think, okay, now I'm ready to go back to him. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Keep reading. It says here. Don't listen to the enemy's suggestion Mm -hmm. that you got to make yourself better to come to Jesus. Go ahead. Keep going. Until you are good enough to come to God. If you wait until then, you will never come. When Satan points to your filthy garments, repeat the promise of the Savior. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. John 6, 37. Tell the enemy that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. Make the prayer of David your own. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Wow. That's for me. Uh, that's for our listeners. That's for our readers. It, it, it shows us that whatever you're going through, whatever your condition is, however you come to Christ, just come to Christ. Mm-hmm. And then he'll worry about the rest later. Just come to him because if you wait until you're good enough, it's the counsel given here is you'll you'll never never come. come. You'll never come. So if you feel alone and desolate, if you're tired, if you're going through the motions, if you're a religionist that keeps going through the motions in church or the state of your family, home, uh, workplace is, is... Just like this, I want to appeal to you and invite you to claim the promise of Isaiah 118. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. This is our mission, right, Chantal? I mean, we're doing this podcast to exalt and uplift Christ, the true gospel, uh, a God of justice and mercy, and the Savior of 
all mankind. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what we're here to do to lift Jesus up. And by God's grace, people will be blessed. Yeah. We'll be blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, this will be a resource that young people, young adults, uh, adults can listen to to encourage them on their Christian journey. And uh, as we close, I just wanted again offer this free book, Prophets and Kings. If you've never read it, um, we we can send you one. It's a commentary all on the prophets of the Old Testament. And uh, just leave a, a note in our group chat. I, I mean, our chat here uh, on our YouTube. Let's Reason Together podcast. And we can get you this book, this beautiful book that encourages us to come to Jesus, who yeah. is uh, our healer, our savior, and our restorer. Um, that, that concludes. Any closing thoughts, Chantal? Uh, before we end our first episode. <laughs> I just want to say sometimes it's easy to look at people and compare mm-hmm. and to think, oh, they've got it all together. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've noticed is that when God sends people, it's usually because they're the worst of the lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm speaking about myself. Yeah. No shade on anybody else. I'm speaking about mm-hmm. myself. But also because we need the message most. Yeah. When God called Peter... Um, Peter wasn't standing outside of the boat when God asked for Peter's vote. Mm. Peter was sitting at Jesus' feet because he needed to be closest to Jesus so none of the words would be lost on him. So saying that to say the message personally, I have to say the message was personally for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if God loves <laughs> if God loves me enough yep. to send this message, then I know for all those who are listening, God loves you too. That's amen. I, I second that. And listen, God called Isaiah. And Isaiah still needed to get his life together. And then he finally sees, after after he gets a picture of this true God, this loving God, this God of Isaiah 118, um, who can heal you from your sins, save you from your sins. Now he tells Israel, he's full of excitement. He says, behold your God. Amen. This is God. If you wanted to know who God is, he's a God of love, justice, and mercy. And he's calling you tonight to surrender your life to him. And by God's grace, through listening to this podcast and this resource, you can grow a stronger connection with God. And um, as we conclude with prayer, Chantal, you want to pray for us and then we'll close it out. Sure. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful you're a kind and compassionate God. For whatever reason, Lord, because of the lies of the enemy or whatever else has happened in our lives, we don't always understand who you are. But I pray, Heavenly Father, for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit to rest on all those in the hearing of my voice and even on us, that we may be be able to understand who you are and come to know and love you with all our hearts. And we pray, Father, for not just 